Here we go. My name's Todd. And this is Kathy. Sorry to disrupt Michael. He's good, isn't he? Yeah. I need these words today. I see the kids in the street. The man in the mirror, also known as the woman in the mirror. Yes, the person in the mirror. We're an equal opportunities podcast. Amen. All right. Um, so this is Unparenting Radio, podcast number 359. Why listen to Unparenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't need to feel outstanding <laughs> today? I do. Um, always I remember do. our motto is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Why did we start with that song, My Sweetheart? Because I think, so Todd and I were kind of trying to figure out what we were going to call today's show. Um, and I think we're going to call it How to Deal. Okay. And that encapsulates a lot of things that we're going to discuss. But I think the key to all this is self-awareness on steroids. Because self-awareness is not just about... Hey, what do I really want to wear? Hey, how do I, you know, speak up at this PTA meeting? How do I, even yeah. though these are important things. Right, that's like foundational that's stuff. That's foundation. What we're asking ourselves yes. and everybody else to do is to make that leap and take it to the next level. And the leap is not just about the outward. Like what it's, it doesn't mean that you have to start posting things on Facebook or that you have to demonstrate to everybody else the things you're doing. This is an inner experience. This is making a decision about who you are and what you believe. And what role you play. And what role you play. In this wonderful world of ours. It is a wonderful world. It is a wonderful world. Never doubt it. But at the same time, there are not always wonderful things that happen within the wonderful world. We have to be aware of all sorts of different forces, and that's called reality. It's not about saying that there's only bad things or that there's nothing bad. It's about found, finding that place of reality where you can have a perception about what you believe and a vision of what you want, but you also have to deal with what's happening right now. And Todd and I each, I actually, I, I kind of know what yours are, but we each came up with five ways. One, two, three, four, five. So actually 10 in total. Which means we'll only be able to spend a few minutes on each one. So yes. we got to keep that in mind. Let's be thoughtful of each other's time. We, these are the ways that we can deal when times are challenging and when our world is confronting us with things that maybe have never confronted us before. So this would be a good podcast for somebody who's having a difficult day for whatever reason. Right. So someone may be listening to this in a year from now. Yeah. Saying, and hey, it may still be relative. Yeah. Or I, relevant. I, I know what it's like to have a difficult day, and I'd like to hear what Todd and Kathy have to say. So here we are. You know, it's funny. I want to say something to everybody listening. Total side note, Todd, so just bear with me. Um I get emails from people and they will say things like, you know, on podcast number whatever or on podcast titled this, you said this. Yeah. And I I don't remember numbers or podcast titles. And when I mean that, I don't mean that the things I said aren't important to me. But what I'm saying is I – because we've been doing this for six years, I don't always remember – what I said a couple years Sweetie, ago. Sweetie, if I asked you tomorrow what you said on today's podcast, you probably wouldn't remember that well. I may not know. And that doesn't mean that I wasn't bringing my heart to it. It just means that I was very present with it. So Exactly. You are, we're not scripting this no. as anybody knows. We don't script our shows no. and we just kind of, 
say whatever is on our mind in that particular moment. So there's really not a whole lot of. Well, there's there's a lot of deep thought and heart and intention, but not script. Right. And I was going to say preparation, but no, we prepare, no, we prepare we're preparing all the, all the time. We're reading, we're studying, we're learning, we're learning about ourselves, learning about each other, so on, so forth. Yeah. So. so can I start? Um, can we first get a few things out of the way? Please. Uh, and this isn't fair, but we have a conference coming up. When you say it isn't fair, what's not fair? Well, I don't want to minimize it. I don't want to minimize oh, the it's saying a, getting it's things out of the way. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but we have a conference coming up February 24th, 25th. We'd love to see you. Uh, and the way to register is to go to zenparentingradio.com. Click on events. Click on events. And you know what? I really have been channeling all of my energy, my difficult energy that I'm having, like where I'm not sure what to do, where I feel like my hands are tied and I can't help the people I want to help. Um, I've been taking that energy and channeling it into this conference because this is Todd and I trying to be creative with taking our energy and the things we believe and saying, hey, let's bring people together and have conversations about these things and let's let's bring more light and let's love louder and let's generate some peace and create some meaning. And um, how do we do that? You get closer to people. You actually show up where people are. And this is an opportunity to do that. That's right. Um, so we have a few Zen friends and for those of you who don't know, Zen friends are people that donate to the scholarship fund for the conference. So moms and dads and children who can't afford to go, uh, gives them the ability to go. And the way you do that is to go to the registration page and there's a line item for uh, events. So if you get something out of this podcast, but you're unable to attend, but you want to give back, this is one way to do that. You know, I don't care if it's 10 bucks or a hundred bucks, just uh, step up and do whatever you think you feel is in your heart. And it, Todd just said, men, women, and children, and children meaning teens. Correct. It's not for kids, but there are a lot of people who are bringing their teens, and we decided just to leave the teen option on the registration page as an option for yep. $50 because so many people wanted to do it. That's right. Um, so, um, Zen so, Friends. Zen Friends. You were going to read them? Oh, sorry. Thank you. Um, Tasha Oldham. Thank you, Tasha. Do you know who she is? I did. She's the one from my story, right? Yes. yes exactly I emailed right. her. She's got a cool thing. Kara Pollard. I don't know if we mentioned yes. Kara, Kara last time. Yes. I don't think we did. We know Kara Pollard. She's a friend of ours, too. And Allison Franz. Thank you, Allison. So all three of you uh, Zen friends, uh, you'll get your name on the program, and you just get your name right off on the uh, podcast. So, And more importantly... You are helping people. I'm actually sending an email to a few people today who contacted me two weeks ago about going. And now because of these people, hopefully they can make it. And if you know of a business or have a business and you'd be interested in having a tabletop or a sponsorship, time is running out. So shoot me an email at Todd at ZenParentingRadio.com. We have new email addresses. Todd at ZenParentingRadio.com and Kathy at ZenParentingRadio.com. Yeah, we used to say comments and uh, it would go to me and then I would kind of share with you. But if you want to speak specifically to Kathy, Kathy with a C uh-huh. at ZenParentingRadio.com and Todd at ZenParentingRadio.com. Mm-hmm. We just set that up. So yeah. why don't you start, my darling? Okay, so here we go. Title of today is How to Deal. So what does that mean? It means a lot of different things. And I think number one for me, get clear about your ethics and what you believe. Get clear about your ethics and what you believe. And I actually posted something on Facebook the other day because... As I, I think we're always in a constant search for what do I believe. I don't think there's an end date on this or there's a period at the end. I think we're evolving and learning as we go. But I was really trying to establish what what it because things are getting confusing. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, wait, 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 wait. And what really helped me was last week I was with my social work students. I teach at Dominican University here, and we actually uh, the day was about ethics. So I had to go over the National Association of Social Workers Code of Ethics with them. And as I was going over it, I was like, here I am, yeah. here I am. And I'm not going to take a ton of time to talk about each of them, but I'll at least give you the titles of the Code of Ethics for Social Workers. So this is part of the, you know, the vocation, like who wrote these? Like, I don't understand what these are. It, it came together over a period of time. The National it's like Association. like a Jane Adams deal? 
Well, yeah, I think Jane Jane Adams was the, you know, she was the one who started it all. But I think the National Association of Social Workers is like the overriding, you know, organization that sees also, you know, oversees all social workers and we're licensed Mm -hmm. by the government and we're regulated. So these are the things that we have to commit to. And when I say this, this is not just about my work. I think the majority of people that I know live with a social worker heart, meaning that these are the things that are valuable to them if they are really in social work or their therapists or their coaches or their teachers or all of you, most of you who are listening are parents um, or you are, you know, people who are going out in the world trying to give of yourself. This applies to you too. So here are the code of ethics. Service, to help people in need, okay? Mm. That's what service is, help people in need. Social justice, we challenge social injustice. That's what we do. Dignity and worth of a person. All social workers respect the inherent dignity and worth of all people, Human relationships, the importance of human relationships. Social workers recognize the central importance of human relationships. The next one is integrity. Social workers behave in a trustworthy manner. You're honest. Got it. Competence. Social workers practice within their areas of competence, and they enhance their skills over and over again. That means you continue to learn, you continue to grow, and you continue to find new research to make you, uh, to help you help other people. So again, service, social justice, dignity and worth of the person, importance of human relationships, integrity, and competence. Those gave me kind of this framework where I'm like, this is what I know. This is what I believe. And so when things are confusing my head, I can go back to this. And this may not, these words may or may not work for you, but I challenge you, again, self awareness on steroids, to figure out what your belief system is. Not just about one particular issue, because if you get too focused on just one issue, then it makes, it causes a blindness around other issues. You know what I mean? Are you listening to what I'm saying? I am. Basically, I mean, I think of this like a maybe. Hopefully you understand this or agree with it. Uh, when you kind of get lost or confused, you have something to fall back onto saying, okay, time to clear everything out. What is it that I'm about? Exactly. And if you are a single issue person, and in the in the past, I think we had a luxury of being a single issue kind of person. Mm-hmm. But if you are a single issue kind of person, that issue can still be important to you. Right. But can you see all the other issues that are right. going on too? And that if you focus your attention so narrowly on one thing, then a lot of other things get lost that you may, if you were to be able to embrace them or look at them, recognize that those that you are ethically or you feel just as a human being, this is not okay. Right. So again, just number one for me, get clear about your ethics and what you believe. And again, find your own words for it. You don't have to use my words or the social work principles. Find your own words, write those words down, you know, you know, honor them for yourself, not for me, not for your next door neighbor, but for you. What do you believe? And Todd, number one for you. Uh, my number one. So just uh, once again, kind of as a overview, these are how to deal. Is that what we're... It, how to deal. So so these are all over the board. Right. So right. say you're having a bad day. How do you get out of your funk? Okay. How do you bring your the best version of yourself? We talked about that in the car today on the way home from yoga. So my number one is to feed your mind and strengthen your body. 20 minutes every day, feed your mind, which basically means read... Uh, do something that informs you to be a better person or to be a more informed person, whether it's through your work or through personal stuff or whatever. So 20 minutes, that's all. At least 20 minutes a day because if you don't have 20 minutes and you got bigger issues. Uh, and then feed your body, work out, get your blood flowing. These are This is obviously much more practical than the first one you did. It's mm-hmm. more... Um, I don't want to say surfacey, but you know, practical. So, well, why movement is helpful is like today at yoga. I was filled with all sorts of emotions this morning, and I went to yoga, and it was a really dark room, really full room. And during yoga, I cry, mm-hmm. and it's helpful to me. Like I really believe that our emotions are in our body; they're not just in our mind, but they get in our body. And some of it's old, some of it's new. And to move helps me release that. Right. Why is that good? Because then I have more space for other things. Right. Yours. Okay, number two, if you are going to do something to change the world, choose things that you can integrate into your life and do them your way. What do I mean by that? I'll just give examples. 
I did the march last weekend. Can you believe that was just a week ago? Yeah. We um, so much changes so fast. So I got uh, one of the things that the people leading the women's march said was, uh, you know, order these postcards or not order them, print them. Um, no one was making money off of it. It was just like, do these postcards, send them to people who you're trying to get in touch with, if it be Congress people or um, just anyone who's a decision maker. Yeah. And so I got these postcards made. I did it on my own. And as I was looking at them, I realized that even though I know they're powerful and I've used them, I've yeah. been using them all week, I wanted to create something that felt to me correct, right. like felt like I was in alignment with myself and that... So I actually spent some time the other night kind of going over number one, which is what do, what is it that I believe, yeah. you know? And I created some postcards. They're, they should be here in a couple of days. That on the front, all they all it says is let's take care of each other. Mm-hmm. And on the back, there's a heart and it said we're all in this together. And then I can send those to whoever – because, again, it's a postcard. Yeah. One front, you know, and then the back is, you know, you can put a stamp. And when I have something, it you know, if it be – I don't know who I'm going to be sending postcards to tomorrow. I feel like there's a new issue every day. But that is my message to the world. And you will say, well, that's not going to do anything. I disagree. Mm -hmm. Number one, it channels my energy and it allows me to feel like I am doing something and I'm speaking to someone, even if the actual person doesn't read it. It still ends up in a pile in a mailbox somewhere. And if I am one of many, then it adds to that. And not only that, but I feel like I'm sending a piece of me. This is my belief system. Let's take care of each other. And it felt like me. So you guys... That may be something you do, or you may say, no, postcards aren't my thing. Mm-hmm. I want other things. I want I want other ways. Like, I, I want to just, um, not just, I don't want to use that word. I want to love on the micro level. I'm going to go out in my community and do things more hands-on. Right. Or, like, there's two things I've found just in the last couple of days that I thought were great. Um, one is this thing called Daily Action where you can go online and just just type in Google Daily Action and you just put in your phone number and every day they send you something to do, mm-hmm. one thing, yep. which is perfect for Todd because he's saying I get too inundated with yeah. stuff. And then the other one, you guys, is the National Park Service. I don't know if you guys know, but the National Park Service was, everything was kind of shut down last week where they had to stop talking about um, – what was going on? To freeze on communications. Freeze on communications. So the all the national parks have come together and they created a Facebook page called Alt yeah. National Park Service. So it's not a government yeah. Facebook page. Right. It's just groups of, a group of people. And again, Alt National Park Service. And they're talking about things going on in the environment, yeah. but it's not through a governmental channel. Right. So that to me, I'm like, okay, now I feel connected to my animals and my nature, mm-hmm. and I can like hear from these people. So. Here's the thing. We are at a time of activism, whether we like it or not, and activism is going to look different for everybody. Right. And it doesn't have to be uh, overwhelming or this thing where every day we feel like we have to do 50 things. Todd is helping me with this a lot, and I'm kind of doing my own work. Choose one thing that you can integrate into your life right? and do it your way. Yeah, and kind of to repeat what you're saying is show up however it is that you show up That's don't right. do it if it if it it's kind of weird because if you're doing if you're not doing it because you're afraid that may not be the best reason but figure out a way that is in alignment with whatever it is that you however you choose to show up and that may mean that you're like well I just want to focus you know I just said before about we're not you know I said in number one that it's hard to be focused on one single issue and I'll backpedal on that for a second and say if there's one issue you're really focused then, on then put your attention there it's, you know it's how are you going to show up in the world what the world needs is what's the quote Howard Thurman people who have come alive people who come alive and so if you're like you know what the environment is like that's what I've been about for the last twenty years. It's where I've been. Then, then, folk, then put as many of your energy and resources into that one topic. Even if it's just staying informed. Yeah. You know, activism sometimes is just being knowledgeable. Remember the social work ethics competence. Yeah. Having an understanding of what's truly happening. Um, and so that is number two for me, Todd. What's well, your number? I'm going to do two in a row. So why don't you do your next one and then I'll do my next two? Okay. Well, number three is kind of a you know, take stepping back from the doing, doing, doing. It's about generating peace in your mind every day so you can offer peace. Um, it, it's, you know, kind of just slowing down even how I'm talking right now. Like, really, we have to be what we want to offer, right? 
And so there's points in the day or every day, not just once a week, but where we have to be like, you know, for me, it would be meditating where I've been waking up every morning feeling so like, oh, there's so many things I have to do that I've been like meditating. It's not going to help me. Right. I know that's the ego talking. Yeah. I know that's my ego being so psyched that I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. Like, oh, yes, just stay in the state of overwhelm. I have to generate peace in my mind every day, even if it's just for a little bit of time to offer peace to the world. Because if I become what I am trying to maybe change, then I'm not doing any help. Right. I'm not giving any help. If I start getting angry and yelling and, and becoming difficult and not being open, or if I close my heart, then it's not going to help. Yeah. So we have to generate peace. You know, uh, Just a few um, ideas that I wanted to give you. Obviously, meditation. If you have an animal, sit with your animal, take your dog for a walk, pet your bunny. Look at a tree. Sit with your cat, look at a tree, relax. A couple of weeks ago, I was doing this thing where, like, get a, get go to Starbucks and get two cups of coffee and then drop one off at your friend's house. You know what I mean? Like, just do it. And don't stay. Don't be like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bug you. Here, I was thinking about you. Like Carolyn. Like Carolyn. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It, you know, buy something for somebody. Like, be at the store or be online and be like, oh, that makes, that reminds me of that person. Or a card. Mm. You know, like you see a card and you're like, it reminds me. And send it. Because those things, those acts of service generate peace inside of you and you're offering peace to other people. The ripple. It's the ripple. And so those things have been really sustaining for me. So generate peace um, in your mind. You're you're next, Toddy. So uh, I feel like these next two I like the most. Oh, good. Which is why I want to go back to back. Okay. So um, my first one is see the situation for what it is. And we can talk about parenting, say your fifth grader comes home and is bullied. So you project into the future and say, this kid's not going to have any friends or this kid is going to, and you're thinking about what they're going to be like in high school and college and as an adult and everything else. So my thing is, is we need to be able to see the situations for what they are today with clarity, not with projecting in the future, but what it is right at this moment. And you can carry that on to, you know, there's certain people that aren't, um, content with current events right now. And it's easy for us to kind of go off the deep end thinking that uh, it's going to go to hell. It's going to go to the world's going to go to hell in a handbag tomorrow. And that's not the way it is. So we need to look at a situation with absolute clarity and honesty of the way it is right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. My next one that I want to share is if you really want to be a leader, if you really want to step up, if you really want to be the best version of yourself, then you need to see uh, your situation, whatever it is that you're struggling with, uh, as it, as what it would look like when it's better. So the only way for us to grow, to act, to uh, step up, to stand up is for us to see the world, for see the situation for the way, the better way. I'm not saying this right. What you're saying is we need to have a vision of what we want if we're going to get there. Right. Well, actually, this is the best way to describe it. See the situation for what it could be. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And work from that point, mm-hmm. not from the, what it would be if it went the other direction, but see the world or see the situation for what it can be, because it is from with that energy is which will give you the strength and the ripple effects to really grow and make some change in whatever situation it is that you're struggling with. Well, and I kind of think that that one goes along with number one about figure out what you believe and choose what your ethics are and what you what you see in people and what you believe about people. Sure. Because if you believe about people that they are inherently good mm-hmm. and that when they have the right information and that when they are connected to their highest selves and when they are in that loving space... Um, they make good choices. Yeah. And if that becomes our vision, like let's love people and let's empower people to make good choices. Let's not create enemies. Right. Let's not um, pit ourselves against each other. Let's not try and get egoy and try and win. Let's have a vision for this connection because the vision creates the reality. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that's my next two. Okay. I love that one, Todd. That's a really good one for me because I think that 
you know, I feel like I've been changing my vision board over and over, but maybe I'm just going to do a brand new one on what my vision is. Well, and I think our, e- our, our ego or whatever it is, we go from the prefrontal cortex down to the reptilian brain and we get scared and we um, are in survival mode and we don't see the situation for how it can be. The prefrontal cortex is, is the part of us that can see, can have a vision of the world or the situation we want to create. And actually, you're exactly right describing what both of those are, but usually we just start everything in the reptilian brain. And right. if we can get up, we mm-hmm. usually don't go from prefrontal cortex back down to reptilian but brain. Don't you think we've seen examples yeah. in the past yeah. of us going back to that? Actually, I think you're right. Or depending more on that reptilian brain and forgetting that we have the prefrontal cortex to work with. Right. You're right. That's a good point. Um, so yes, yeah, stay in your prefrontal cortex. Yeah. That should be another one. Because I don't know, this probably isn't accurate, but I, I feel like the prefrontal cortex is the love part of our brain and the reptilian uh, the back is the fear-based part actually, of our brain. Yeah, it's like right in the middle. And the the reptilian brain is just reaction. Yeah. It's either fight or flight. Yes. Right? Yes. There's no other options. That's like, it's called reptilian because that's what reptiles yeah. do. And we've evolved yeah. f- away from that, but we still have it. We're hardwired. We're hardwired that way. But we are also hardwired with this new way of being human, which is having this rational brain and the prefrontal cortex, which can take and process through information and get us to a place where we can like, you know, look at all the information and make the best choice for the most people. Right. So before you get to the next one, yeah, honey, um, two things. One is Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. They're one of our partners and they can be, um, they're located in Elmhurst. We get adjusted twice a month. The website is chirotree.com. So please help uh, and support our awesome partner, Dr. Kelly from the Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. And the other thing is, because this is kind of a heavier content show, I want to lighten it up just a little bit. I don't feel it's heavy content. Do you? Uh, maybe it's just that's maybe. where I am today okay. as opposed gonna... to the content itself. The content, I think, is like, here, let's deal. Right. Yes. You you can view this as inspirational or uplifting content. True. It's just, you know, I'm a little beaten down. Yes. Um, so why am I playing this clip, sweetie? I don't know what it is. Hey, buddy. <laughs> this is a family place. Put the mouse back in the house. <laughs> That's Gunther. That's Gunther, and he's talking about a mouse. He's not. Oh, I know why you're playing it. Why? Why am I playing that? Well, first of all, that was, he Gunther was talking about Phoebe's boyfriend who forgot to wear compression shorts. Yes. But this is a different story. So this is kind of funny. Todd and I got home last night from a dinner, and all this, is, and and we were sitting in one room, and Skyler was in the kitchen, and all of a sudden, Skyler actually very calmly, very calmly, she was. Oh my goodness, there's a mouse. There's a mouse. You saw a mouse going across our counter and then like kind of into a crevice of our stove. I know. We've lived in this house so long and we have never had a mouse. That's our first mouse sighting. Even though at our old house on York Road, we had a mouse So here's the part where I feel like a lot of people would make fun of me. I went to Home Depot and I don't know anything about catching mice. So there's like (laughs) um, 40, there's like 14 different ways of catching mice. Uh Uh-huh. And 13 of them are how to kill it. And because we catch spiders in a cup and a paper plate (laughs) and release them outside, I got the no kill where you just kind of trap them and then you set them free. So that's what I got. And I feel like, like, dude, just get a mousetrap and and move on. But we don't like that. I don't know. There's like a metaphor. Like, why do we want to kill this thing if we can just catch it and release it? The other thing is on the box itself, it said, once you catch it, you got to release it two miles away. Like, first of all, what are the odds if after a mile that the mouse is going to find its way back into well, our house? Well, there must be some kind of information there where they know where they've been. No way. I'm not buying it. Think I... how far – if you if, if I put this thing two blocks away, there's no way it's going to come back to our how house. Do you, how do dogs make their way home? They this is a little mouse. Nose. Well, mice are smart. No, they're not. Okay. Yes, they are. Um, and, and one last thing. Yes. Goldfish. Love our goldfish. We have a goldfish named Goldie. Yes. All I ever heard about goldfish before we got this goldfish <laughs> was that they would die like two days after. Right. How long have we had this goldfish for? Six years, seven years. And we accidentally threw it down the sink and in the garbage disposal. I it didn't did. didn't turn it on, but it was in there and it was kind of half dead. Half dead. And we it it, it came back. We so gave it CPR. One of two things is happening. Either we have the most miraculous goldfish of all time, <laughs> or goldfish really aren't that hard to take care of if you do what you're supposed to do, which is feed it and clean its tank, which you have done twice a week. Yeah, at least. Yeah. For the last five years. Yeah. 
And it's just weird. Like, I don't know. There's goldfish aren't that fragile. Well, and I think that what I believe the reason our goldfish is still alive is because she or he, um, I call it's actually, I say he all the time. He sits on the counter, um, where we are all the time. And I feel like he knows we're around and we talk to him all the time and you may laugh at me or whatever, but we know that when you talk to plants, they thrive. Yeah. So this is, uh, we know this research, it's science. Um, you know, you talk to plants and they grow bigger and, um, you talk, you talk to a goldfish and include them in your family because a lot of times goldfish are put in kids bedrooms yeah, and, and, then they're they're, put, they're lost. and nobody really talks to them so i i don't think it's that hard to keep a goldfish alive now i kind of i reframed my perception on goldfish and we may have just hit the jackpot with this goldfish also true um but let me finish with about the mouse because oh, yeah. we basically just like another short story is uh, a few days before we have a rabbit that walks around the house all the time, so I'm always hearing like clicking nails, you know, and stuff like that, and sounds. And I was in the kitchen, and I heard a sound that sounded like uh, Smokey, our rabbit. And then I turned around, and I realized I had put Smokey away mm-hmm. already. She was in her like you know bin thing, and bin. What is she, what is it? Her pen. little pen, pen, yeah. And I was like, now what did I hear? And it's just funny how I didn't like follow that through. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I must have just heard something random. And well, you obviously, took the it was path that mouse. of least resistance, which is I'm just going to pretend I didn't hear it. Well, and good news is we figured out how that little mousey got in because there was some kind of crack in the wall behind the stove. And we think he scurried back, Out. back yeah. to where he came in from. But we do have two traps, not kill traps, but just catching traps. Well, then you put the foam in, right? And I got the foam and the steel wool. And the steel wool. And we looked through. So what, what did Todd and I do last night when we wanted to watch TV and sit down and relax? We ended up going through every drawer Kinda in our sucked. kitchen and cleaning things out to see if we could find rat, you know, mice poops. And we really didn't find much. It yeah. doesn't sound like he or she was in the house too long because yeah. we didn't really find anything. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so so save a mouse today. That's right. Or a spider <laughs> or something else that you find in your house. And you know, the reason you're saying that is not far from what we're saying. It, it, you can practice compassion in every part of your life. I mean, there are spiders downstairs I've killed. I mean, yeah. we're not, we're not crazy people. It's just, how can you, as, as much as you can practice compassion towards things that are living, Right. if that be animals or insects or fish or spiders or the earth you know, our water system, right. uh, you know, these are all living things, our right. trees. And we kind of have this feeling that humans are the only ones that count, but humans can't be here without those other things. We survive as a whole. And that's really the truth about all of us, no matter where we come from, we survive as a whole. Um, and we have to remember that it's not just about one place or one person. We are... <laughs> Todd is killing me this show because every time I'm trying to say something deep, he's like messing with papers and he's like keeps turning his back on me. I'm the producer. I know, but you are, it's hard to talk to someone who's doing 80 other things. I'm a multitasker. You think? Um, So that's it. That's it. So that was number, what was that, Todd? I've done three. You've done three. So I'm on four? Yeah. Okay. So this is one that you're going to have to figure out kind of how you're going to do this. My new mindfulness is that I touch people a lot. Now, if you know me, you're probably like, no, Kathy, you've always done that. Like when I'm around people, I just touch them a lot. And I I just, that is kind of how I connect with someone. Like, um, you know, if I pass them, I'll grab their hand or I like to hug people when I see them. Or um, like at the store today, I was the, the guy who bagged my groceries for me. He got everything in three bags, which I know you guys are like, big deal. But that's huge because yeah. a lot of times I'm getting all these bags and he got it all in three bags. And I grabbed his wrist. I said, thank you for getting that in three bags. He goes, no problem. Mm-hmm. He's like, I know. you know. And we just kind of held hands for a second. Yeah. That to me is really helpful, meaning that I, when we go out in the world, sometimes we're so – and I'm – I do this too. You know, we'll have earphones on or we'll be really focused on wanting to get through and not wanting to see anybody. And when you touch people, it brings you back to reality. Right. At least for me. It brings me back to what that I'm here with other people. This is not my world. This is not my time. It's not you're annoying me, you're in line ahead of me, or you're driving in front of me. It's me, me, me. When I touch people, I remember that we're all here together. We're all in this together. And what can I offer you right now? Because if I offer you something, I feel good. It's actually, it's a selfless, selfish act because I feel good for offering something to you and you feel good for offering something to me. And all we have to do is just smile at each other. And so 
I think this is like I've kind of been categorizing it in my own body and mind as a mindfulness practice, touching people because it, it brings me into the present. Yeah, it like it like shocks me into the present. Like I'm having, I'm holding hands with this random person. And I think that will happen in most occasions. I do have uh, somebody in my life and his form of a hug is taking two steps backwards. Right. So you got to watch out. You got to watch out for those people. Well, not watch out like they're bad, but be respectful of them. Yeah. And you're right that not everybody wants to be touched. And that's a really huge point. Um, you know, especially if we're going after them, like give me a hug. Yeah. That's not what I'm doing. I'm not trying to take from Do you them. know anybody in your life that asks for hugs? <laughs> Too. Who loves Papa? <laughs> My dad is a big fan of taking hugs. <laughs> yeah. That is not what I'm talking about. No. M- mine is more like, can I offer something to you? And yeah. to your point, if someone's not, if someone doesn't want that, a smile is just as good. A you smile. Know? A smile. So we can we can offer what it feels like people need and what we need. Very good. So, yeah. That's and what, if you really want to enhance that lesson, go ahead and uh, YouTube search uh, This Is Water, uh, David Foster Walls. Huge. Lot, a lot of that. Oh, my gosh. That's exact. And it's so funny because he's in a grocery store. Yeah. And I was just talking about that example. Huge. Yeah. Like where we go through the world and we think everything is about our time. Yeah. And yeah. Anyway. Okay. Your number four. So my next one, this will be a short one because I feel like we've been talking about it throughout today's show. Okay. But find a mission bigger than yourself. Yeah. That is the best way to get out of your funk mm-hmm. because it's weird. It's counterintuitive. Like, why would I want to focus on anybody else if I can't even take care of myself? But that is the quickest path towards healing, getting out of your funk, whatever phrase you want to use. And like I said, it's counterintuitive because you feel like you can't even take care of yourself. Why in the world? How can you find the strength to take care of somebody else? But if you have the strength and the initiative to do such a thing, it will turn things around quicker than anything, literally anything else you can do. Literally. Yeah. It, I don't care if it, even more so than like sitting and reading the best self-awareness book. Yeah. Because that's not practice. That's knowledge. Right. I'm so glad that you love that book. And hey, maybe it's one of my books. And yeah. you're like, oh, but I read this book. Who cares? Mm-hmm. If you're not practicing that, it's not helping. The first step is getting the information, but then you got to do something with yeah. it or else it's just stagnant energy, Yeah, you know? And so... All right. Your next one. So your, this is your my last. last one. Okay. This one has just been... I, I keep saying this to people and to myself, and I actually just got a book in the mail that about this. You kind of just have to be more of a badass. Like, you just got to be more of a badass. And what does that mean? I don't know. Whatever that means to you. I think it means um, when you're afraid, do it anyways. And I mean that with not just activism. I mean that with like, if you've been like really dying to take a class, take it. If you have been really wanting to like, you know, take your daughter on a date, you know, out to dinner because you want to talk to her, set the day, do it, do it tonight. If you've been meaning to, you know, go through these old emails that have been like hanging over your head, oh my God, do it. And like, you know, you know, take hold of your badass self, like get it done. Like there is no time like now. And complacency is like such an enemy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like yeah. this, oh, I can't do it. Or the cynicism, mm-hmm. which you and I have both said so many on so many times on this show. Cynicism is so lazy. I mean, cynicism is just fear mm-hmm. and laziness combined. When you're just like cynical about everything, you're so afraid and unwilling to do anything. Yeah. And that is not going to help anybody. And right. it's and and I'll just speak to you. If you feel like a cynical person, it's not going to help you. Yeah. Like forget I, about the rest of the forget world. Forget about everybody else and what you're putting out there. For you, it's so draining to be cynical. You know why? Because I have I have those moments. It's a of low cynicism. frequency energy. Oh. And it's we just so talked low. about uh, contribution or giving beyond yourself. That is like of the highest frequency highest. energy. And when and when we talk about going to a high frequency of energy, what that does is not only do you feel that energy in your body, but everything in your mind and heart opens up and the possibilities become endless. Mm -hmm. When you're cynical or in fear or in hatred, you are at such a low frequency that you can't even be creative. Mm -hmm. Creativity isn't even accessible to you. And so there's nothing you can do. It's like that part of the brain is shut off. Literally. Yeah. It's like if you go reptilian and you're just there, you can't even access your prefrontal cortex. So, you know, Life is either 
this daring adventure or it's nothing. And I don't plan on going skydiving like that to me doesn't it doesn't make me feel like a badass. That just feels stupid to me. But to somebody else, they're like, I'm skydiving every weekend yeah. because that makes me feel alive. And I say, amen, brother and sister. Go do that thing. And whatever it is, like I had a girlfriend text me today. We were going to have lunch. And she's like, no, I think I'm going to a protest. I'm like, you go be your badass self. Yeah. <laughs> like you go do it. Yeah. And I, I would have said this two years ago, three years ago, maybe not use this word. Yeah. But what I'm seeing around me is just a ton of badassery, and mm-hmm. I could not be more impressed. Yeah. And I am. I want to inhale that. Mm-hmm. I want to be like, you know, for our for the climate of, of the world, like what's happening in the world, but also in my own family. Yeah. Like you know, with you, you know, like what saying things we need to say, loving people we need to love, giving gratitude for people who have been helpful. Like that's what I mean. Yeah. Get 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 a little you know, get a little badass. And I actually wrote on my hand, it's actually can't see anymore, but sometimes I just write on the inside of my hand, just be a badass. And badass, you can be a very kind badass. Badass does not mean... It's at the expense of somebody else's experience. No, actually you can take that word and become the kindest person you have ever been in your life. So for those of you who have kids who are maybe in the car and you keep having to turn it down because I'm saying that word, I apologize. But there's no other word that I can replace it with. Yeah. Don't you agree? Yeah, I I, I do agree. All right, Todd, you're next. Uh, Last but not least, um, I watched a documentary two days ago called Gleason. And it's a story about this NFL player who played for the New Orleans Saints, kind of a overachiever, smaller framed young man. And he retired, like, I don't know what year he retired, but um, shortly thereafter, he was diagnosed with ALS, yeah, uh, which is Lou Gehrig's disease. And it's funny, we had Doug McConnell on our podcast with his wife, Susan, a month ago that talked a little bit about ALS. And uh, and he actually has a, a website called a long swim because he's a marathon swimmer, yeah. but he titled it a long swim because the acronym is ALS yeah. because he raises money for ALS. So uh, a few things. One is uh, it's a heart wrenching, haunting, important, unbelievable documentary. And, but it also is really, really sad. That's the best way I can mm-hmm. do it, but it's also inspirational. Um, so I'll talk about the sadness first. It's just, he, he documents him, his body deteriorating. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's shot by a really good filmmaker and they, they capture it very, very well. And, uh, I said this to Doug in a text actually on Friday night. Um, I had not cried since my mom died two and a half years ago. And I, um, shed tears by myself quietly. Doesn't matter how it happened, but many, many times. So that was a wonderful experience for me. And I'm just grateful for the movie to be able to kind of have, allow me to uh, experience different sets of emotions. So thank you to that. But this young man, Steve Gleason, started a foundation while he was failing. And, um, for those of us who are like, oh, we're too tired or we're too busy or we're too this or we're too that, this young man, I, I'm almost, I, I Googled after the movie was over if he was still alive. I'm pretty sure this young man is still alive. I think he's in his 30s. But he has raised so much money and done, has done all these things with a failing body. And now it's the point where he really can't talk. He can't do much of anything. But for those of us who are like, well, I don't have the strength or I don't have the courage or I don't have the wherewithal, you do. Mm-hmm. You just oh, need yeah. to tap into that energy. And s- this documentary I saw uh, is doing that for me. It, it, it inspired me. Um, you know, it made me sad, but it also inspired me. So for those of us who make excuses and pass the buck and don't assume responsibility to be your own badass because you think that you're tired or whatever excuse you decide, that's simply not true. You have it in you. You mm-hmm. just need to bring it out. And one of the ways to do that is to role model other people's behavior. And if you watch this documentary, you will be inspired that this young man has done some wonderful things. And there's role models everywhere. So you just said role model other people's behavior. What you mean is look at someone else as a role model yeah. and do what they do. Yeah. 
No reason to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. If you want to be inspired, if you want to, whether it's in work or charity or activism, there are people out there that are showing us the way. We don't right. have to create this all True. in our brain from nothing. True. We can simply jump on other people's coattails. That's how all the successful people have done it, is they looked at the way other people, other successful people were doing it, and they learned from them, and then they took it one extra step. MLK from MLK, Gandhi. Right. You know, like, that's what we do, is you exactly what Todd said, find people or groups of people or words or things in nature or whatever inspires you and pull from that. Maybe that, you know, the number one thing I did about ethics, mm. maybe that's how you find your ethical standards is through like finding people and ideas and things in nature that it, that you're like, these are the things that I believe in. Mm -hmm. And then pulling from that and being like, you know, I'm... So if I were going to sum up my number five, yeah. it's there's no more excuses. Mm. There's no excuses mm -hmm. for whatever it is that makes your heart sing, go do it. Whether yeah. that's to jump out of an airplane yeah. or if that's to go protest something that you believe in, whatever it is, and use role models to help you with that. Yeah. So there's always a way. So will you summarize your five real sure. quick? That's some, you know, just say what I'll they are. I'll just go through them really quick. Number one, get clear about your ethics and what you believe. Um, and by the way, I just have to say with this number one, that one thing that I, uh, Glennon Melton said this weekend, which I was like, you go, girl, which she was talking about when it comes to parenting, the way that we parent is we show up as ourselves and we do things for the world that are good. And that makes us good parents because then our kids learn how to do good things for the world, which is by definition being parented well. Yeah. So if you're thinking, I can't do anything for the world because I have to parent my kids, yeah. yeah, you got to start integrating those two things together because your kids will understand how to give to the world when we do it. So get clear about your ethics and what you believe. Uh, number two, choose things you can integrate into your life and do them your way. Figure out how you feel in your integrity and do them and make them accessible enough that you can do them every day. Yeah. Don't overwhelm yourself. Number three, generate peace in your mind every day. Then you can offer peace to other people. Find ways to bring in a sense of peace, however that may be, with time with an animal, meditation, whatever, so you can then give that peace to others. Number four, touch people or hug people or at least eye contact and smile, connect with people. That is my new form of mindfulness. That's what brings me down to earth. Do that. Connect with people that you see. We create stories in our mind about other people, but when you actually go out in the world and you're with people, they are fantastic. So never forget how good people are. Number five, just be your badass self. Just, I, I kind of have to jump on the bandwagon of Todd, what Todd just said. Don't make excuses. If there's something you want to do, do it. If you can't do it today, at least figure out when you're going to. Make a point of it. You know, put it on the calendar and, um, and know that you're supported in that because that is what brings you alive. And then what the world needs is you to come alive and we need it and we love you and do your thing. Okay, Todd. Um, so um, the Thurman quote that we always kind of, I, I butcher, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive because what the world needs is what is for people to come alive. So my number one, feed your mind, strengthen your body. Um, and I'll just talk real quick about the feed your mind, stand guard at the gate of your mind, Yes, which means if you know um, certain websites, certain Facebook pages, certain channels are going to drain you and that doesn't mean don't be informed, be informed. But if you know that this is not something that is going to propel you towards growth, then remove it from your Correct. situation. So stand guard at the gate of your mind. Number two, see the situation for what it is, not the worst case scenario, which a lot of us tend to do. Number three, see the situation for what it could be. The only way for us to grow is for us to see what is possible and work towards that from that energy center. Number four, find a mission bigger than yourself. And number five was kind of all over the place, but find role models and always, and don't have any excuses. Yeah. And, or if you have excuses, question them mm -hmm. because your brain is going to give you excuses. Sure. You know, like to say, don't have them is not going to happen, yeah. but question them and then connect that to your ethical beliefs or your, what matters most to you. Um, what is it that you believe in, in the world and, and, access that we have two itunes reviews um the first one the title is great podcast from it's from a 937 area code which i believe is 
Ohio. Okay. And then the other one is from Petra D. She gave us five stars. She says, I love these two. Love their podcasts. I so enjoy their female male perspective and so on. She has a whole paragraph. So thank you to those two iTunes reviewers. That really helps us spread the message about the show. Thank you. Um, our other partner is uh, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty. I bought him lunch on Friday. He helped me with some issues that I had in my house. So if you're doing any painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area, he is your man. Avidco.net, 630-956-1800. Tell him uh, Zen Parenting Radio sent you. Yeah. He came over because our window downstairs just fell out of its frame. The frame. whole frame fell out. So it was just <laughs> out. Yeah, it was weird. So it shattered and... I told Jeremy, I'm an idiot. What do I do? I was going to go buy a saw and some wood. He's like, you don't want to do that. You want to just go get some insulation from Home Depot before we can get a a real window in there. He's such a nice person. Yes, he was. And he didn't even charge me for the insulation and all that stuff. He did it all out of the kindness of his heart. He's a nice man. And then I decided to buy him lunch uh, at Egg Harbor, one of our favorite restaurants. Yes. So, um, and then real quick, I'm doing this foundations course uh, through Anne Marie's website. We uh, it's called BringItHome.me. Um, she has a five day mini course, which kind of is the teaser for the larger course that I'm taking. But I'm learning a ton, and I just love this so much. So you keep passing the word, like I hear you on the phone with people. Yeah, you're I've been talking to some it. people that I coach. Oh yeah, I'm a coach too. So if there's any guys out there that want to. Um, I don't know. What do I say? Increase their self-awareness. Increase their self-awareness. Be a better leader at work. Be a better dad. Be a better husband. Go to ToddAdamsCoaching.com. You can uh, sign up for a free 30-minute session with me. So it's easy. But you got to be a guy. No ladies. Sorry, ladies. Only the guys. Just for the dudes. Um, So again, I know we talked about the conference at the beginning, but it's less than a month away. It's so soon. And, you know, what Todd was just saying about, you know, quit saying you're going to do things. Just come to this conference. If you live in this area, especially because these people that are speaking don't come here. Yeah. Like we're, we're, our whole intention is to try and bring these people that have this wisdom to our area. And so when we're like, oh, I'm too busy or, huh? We got Rob Bell Rob from Bell. LA. Rosalind Wiseman. From, where's Rosalind from? I think she's from. She's an East oh, Coaster. Colorado? I don't know. I, I don't thought know. she was an East Coaster. But she might be an East Coaster. And then Ali's from Baltimore. Yeah. So we got these amazing people coming into Chicago for two days and it's going to be an amazing um, 48 hours, actually less than 48 yeah. hours. But. Well, and amazing, what we mean is amazing that people are going to be talking about connection and love and warmth and welcoming people and connecting to our families and loving our children and being supportive of others and being great educators and parents. Like, don't we need this? I know I do. Um, and on Friday night, we have two fantastic people from Chicago. Um, Todd and I are talking, but then Dr. Uh, John Duffy and Annie Burnside, who are both wonderful thought leaders um, in Chicago, Chicago are going to be with us too. So please join us, zenparentingradio.com, click events. And, and if you have any issue with paying, just email me, Kathy at zenparentingradio.com. Kathy with a C. Yes. At zenparentingradio.com. So my words of wisdom are for each and every one of you folks to please, 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 seriously, keep on trucking. <laughs> and do you want me to take yours? No. No. I was going to say... I had something really good. What were you going to say? Just be cool, man. Oh, yeah. That's deep. Deep. I was going to say, you know, that whole mirror thing. Take a look at yourself in the mirror occasionally, women and men. Who are you? What do you believe in? And what are you doing here? All of us. What are we doing here? If you can answer that question, you're going to know what to do. That's right. See you guys next week. Have a great week. Adios. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're a fan of Zen Parenting Radio, consider leaving us a review on iTunes. This helps people find us. You can also just tell a friend about our show. That's our favorite kind of marketing. Todd and I do speaking engagements about Zen Parenting and self-awareness, so if you have an interested group or organization, contact us at comments at zenparentingradio.com. And get your early bird tickets for our big Let's Get Real Zen Parenting Conference February 24th and 25th at the Westin in Lombard. Todd and I will be speaking Friday night, and we have Rob Bell, Rosalind Wiseman, and Ali Smith as our keynotes on Saturday. If you want to know more about self-awareness or conscious parenting, pick up one of Kathy's award-winning books at zenparentingradio.com or Amazon. If you're a guy, I have two resources for you. I coach guys. It's called Coaching for Guys. (laughs) On the phone, Skype, or in person, we set goals together and come up with a plan to meet those goals. The website is toddadamscoaching.com. And we also have a monthly men's group. So if you're looking for a group of men to have authentic conversations with, check out the tribe men's group.com. 
If you ever shop on Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. And finally, I want to thank our two amazing partners, Dr. Kelly from the Tree of Life Chiropractic Care and Jeremy Kraft, that bald-headed beauty from Avid Painting and Remodeling. Thanks and keep on trucking.